Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Are you ready to receive something from God this morning? Yeah, you actually believe that He wants to give you something? I'm glad Dave does. Dave does. I hope that by the end of our service today is a whole bunch of you just saying, I'm ready to receive something from God. I'm ready to receive what He has for me because He's a dad that's better than ever any dad you've ever met, ever thought of, ever have dreamed of. And because of what Jesus has done for you, you're His son or His daughter. And he's a dad who loves to bless. He loves to bless and He knows your love language. That's the thing I just, I love about God. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your love language. He knows what you need to hear. He knows what you need to receive. He knows what you need to see. I believe he's, you're gonna receive something from him this morning. It's actually just gonna be uniquely for you. And you know, some of you are just gonna be blown away and go, how did God know? How did God know that's what I needed? That's what he's like. He's good. He really is. He loves to bless his kids. You know, in every culture, when you reach a certain age, you receive certain rights to enjoy. And until you reach that age, you have to wait to enjoy that right. You know, in our culture, when we turn five, we, we receive the right to go to school and to learn. You know, when we, when we turn 16, we, we receive the right to drive a car. When, when we turn 18, we receive the right to drink. I, I say to my kids, you don't have to accept that right if you don't want to. You know, when, when you turn uh, 21, you know, you receive the right to move out of home and to pay your own way. My, my kids don't seem to want to receive that right. You know, when you turn 40, you receive the right to embarrass your children at every turn who's enjoying that right. Ah, it's good times, good times. You know, when you turn 65 or if you're my age, when you turn 70 and probably the time I retire is probably 75, you, you receive the right to stop working and to get free train travel all over the state. Oh, good days. When you turn 80, this is the one I'm really looking forward to. When, when you turn 80, you receive the right to say whatever you want <laughs> to whoever you want. I'm looking forward to those days, being a grumpy old man, just saying what I really think. When you turn 100, you, you receive the right to get a letter from the Queen of England. You know, when you reach a certain age, you receive certain rights. And until that age, you've got to wait. Now, when Paul is writing his letter to the Galatians, you know, 2,000 years ago nearly, he's, he's reminding them that they've come of age, that they've actually come of age and they've received certain rights and you would be absolutely mad to go back to when you were under age. 
We're going to just look through Galatians 4 this morning. So if you've got a Bible there or a phone or however you read the Bible, Galatians chapter 4, and it says, What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he's no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were under age, We were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. So let's jump out of our culture for a minute and into Jewish culture back in the first century. A son would inherit the full rights of the father's estate when he came of age. It was a certain promise that he could look forward to. He knew it was coming but he didn't actually get to experience it until he came of age, until the father's set time. He had a legal right to the estate. He was legally a child. He was legally an heir of the estate, but he was under the authority of a guardian and a trustee until he came of age. And so in this culture, the guardian of the estate or or the trustee that uh, is looking after the estate until the heir comes of age, they tell the son, the heir, what to do. They they had jurisdiction over them until they came of age. The guardian would instruct them, direct them, boss them around, restrict their freedom, even though they were the rightful heir. Now, many of us here in this room, we, we may not you know, have ever experienced you know, waiting to inherit you know, a large family estate or a family business. But most of us here, if maybe somewhere in our dim memory, we, we remember being a student at school. And when you're a student, you had a teacher. And, and students and teachers have an interesting relationship. And essentially at any one time, and when you're a student, you probably didn't like your teacher because teachers boss you around. Teachers restrict your freedom. Teachers look over your shoulder and they tell you what you can and can't do. You've got to keep following the rules. You know, teachers instruct you when you're a student. Now what happens after 13 years of being at school or three or four years at university, or it took me nine years to do a three-year ministry degree. But uh, however long it took, there, there was a time when you came of age and you were no longer under the instruction of a teacher, unless you married one, then they never go away. <laughs> they continue to be bossy and restrictive. Who is married to a teacher? It sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> they get more holidays than you and they tell you what to do all the time. I, I like my little teacher. She, she goes all right. But, uh, but after 13 years of being at school, however long you're at university, and it's going to happen all over the state you know, in, the, in the next few weeks, and you come of age, what happens? You take off your hat. You throw it in the air. You're free. You don't want to go back to being a student that gets bossed around by a teacher. You've got this new freedom 
to experience. So, some of you, you know, you know, the opposite side, if you're not a teacher, you might be in a family where you are the instructor. You're the guardian. You've got someone in your family who's got one of these. And so for a set time, you are their instructor. You get to look over their shoulder. You get to tell them what to do. Your, your relationship is one of instruction and reminding them of the rules and the regulations. And what a joy it is. I just, our, our fourth child has just got his peace. And I tell you, I don't know who is more excited, him or me. 400 hours of instruction. Now, admittedly, Susan probably did 380 and I did 20, but those 20 hours were torture. You ask my children. Not one of them, once they came of age and got their license, said, Dad, I want you sitting in the front seat again telling me what to do. They're experiencing a whole new freedom. They, they could drive that car when and where they want because they've now come of age. That 100 hours is up. They're now 17 years old. New rights. This is what Paul is saying to the people in Galatia. He's saying there was a time when there was a guardian instructing you what to do, directing you, bossing you around, restricting your freedom. You see, the, the, the people of Israel were, were in a contract with God or a covenant with God. We've talked about it already this morning. Firstly, God turns up to Abraham and says, I want you to be my family. You're gonna have many sons and daughters like, like sand on the seashore and stars in the sky, but you're my family. And they make this, they make this covenant in blood you know, with, with one another that uh, you know, they're, they're, they're now God's family. And then this family covenant is reminded through a guy named Moses a few generations later where there's now a law that's attached to that covenant. The contract, you know, is now, is now further established. This is what you are going to do as children in my family. And the law had been their guardian, not just for 100 hours, not for 13 years, but for 1,300 years, the law had instructed them. The law had directed them. The law had restricted their freedom. And Paul is saying to them, don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back. Because Jesus has given you something much, much better. Something significantly different. Not, not only are you now a child that will one day inherit a promise, but you now get to experience it from day to day. You've been given new rights. You see, in verse four, there's a big but, but it's a really good but. All right, I'm gonna just do a little Bible study with us over these next couple of verses. We're just gonna look at some of these words. And the first word is that word, but. It's a really important word. It says, but when the set time had 
fully come. It's the second word I want us to look at. God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. He says, but when the set time had come, notice that had, He's saying, it had already happened. It had already happened in history. You're not waiting anymore. You've come of age. You were waiting for 1300 years of being under that guardian of the law, but the time has come. Why? Because God sent His Son, born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law. He's saying the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus changed absolutely everything. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, sent from heaven to earth. He was by nature fully God. The the Son of God, one of the three members of the Trinity is fully God. He was born of a virgin, which is a pretty big deal, a pretty good sign that that, that maybe you are God, maybe you have come from heaven to earth. He's, He's born of a virgin. And we saw through His life that He had power over everything. He had power over nature. He had power over people. He had power over sin and addiction. And the biggest deal of all was that He actually had power over death. You know, this, this, this Son of God that came from earth actually was crucified on a cross. But the really big deal is that on the third day, death could not hold Him down. He rose from the dead and He showed that He had power even over our greatest enemy, which is death. His name is, as we sung about, is the name above every other name. His name is the most well-known name in all of history because He rose from the dead on the third day. It says, because, but, sorry, but when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son. Then the next couple of words are important too. Born of a woman, born under the law. You see, He actually lived with the law as His guardian on earth. But the thing that made Jesus different was He's the only one that ever completely fulfilled the law. He fulfilled all of the requirements of the law. And so on that cross, an exchange took place. Jesus took upon Himself, you know, all of our inability to fulfil the law, to follow, you know, God's ways. The Bible calls it sin. We've missed the mark. He took all of that upon Himself and He gave us His clean slate because He fulfilled all of the requirements on the law. You know, Jesus was the Son of God, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law. Two really important words I want us to focus on here. Redeem and receive. Redeem means to buy back, to pay for. And so what we see very, very clearly here is that Jesus has redeemed us. He's bought us back. He's paid for our sins on the cross. And so these two words, redeem and receive, show the two sides of our relationship with God. The redeem is what only God can do. No one else can do it for you because no one else has perfectly fulfilled the law. So nobody else could pay the price. 
He's the only one that could do it. If some martyr turns up and says, well, I'll die on a cross to, to save mankind, whoop-de-doo, lock him up. He can't do anything. The only reason that Jesus' death on a cross made any difference was He was actually sent from God, the Son of God, but born of a woman born under the law and completely fulfilled the law for us. And so the exchange that He makes is a good one. See, to redeem is to buy us back from the punishment of our sins and only God can do that. There's nothing you can add to it. And then it says to, to redeem those under the law and to receive adoption to sonship. That word receive, that's the bit we gotta do. That, that's our bit. That's our side of this relationship with God. He redeems, we receive. Notice we don't buy, notice we don't earn, notice we don't deserve, notice we don't jump through hoops, notice we don't rise to a certain level, notice we don't get you know, a whole bunch of really important knowledge, notice we don't come of a physical age, we just receive. That's why it's good news. Jesus has done all the redeeming. We simply do the receiving. And when we receive Jesus' offer of redemption, this is the result. We are adopted to sonship. We're adopted into the family. When we receive what Jesus has done for us, we're adopted into the family of God. We become sons and daughters of God. Now, if we just go back to Roman culture for a minute, this was common practice in Roman culture and particularly Roman emperors would do this. Men with incredible power, they would adopt people that weren't in their family by blood into their family and if they legally adopted them, they took on the same name as the emperor, they had the same inheritance as the other sons who were born of blood. They, they had all of the rights of being a son of the king, a son of the emperor, because they were adopted legally into the family. Same name, same inheritance, same position, same rights as a natural born son. And so this is the good news for us. God sent His Son, who by His divine nature was the Son of God, fully God, in order that we who are not children by nature, you know, by our sinful nature, we're actually objects of wrath of God, we might receive the full rights of sons and daughters of God. It's good news. Put your hands together, say, thank you, Jesus. Paul's saying at a certain age, you received certain rights to enjoy. It wasn't a physical age. It was the age that Jesus ushered in, in the Spirit. And so it's the same age that we live in today. No matter what our age, no matter what our background, no matter whether we're Jew or Gentile, slave or free, rich or poor, young or old, 
we've been given these same certain rights to enjoy because we're adopted into God's family through faith in Jesus. He's saying the age had come. It has come. You're not waiting anymore. Two things I want us to remember this morning before we pray, and I believe God wants to bless some people down the front here this morning. Firstly, when you receive Jesus, you receive the right to a position of authority in God's family. When you put your faith in Jesus, you receive the right to be in God's family and you receive the full rights and authority of a child in the family. Put your hand up here if you have a key to the front door of my home. Put your hand up high. Okay, Susan's got one. My, my four kids who are in other campuses right now have each got one. That's it. N- nobody else has got a key to the front door of my house. And this happens at different ages in different families. Some it happens when kids are 12 or 16 or used to be 21. You know, you all got your own rules in your own family. But each of the kids in my family have now got a key to the front door. It means they've got access to come into our home. But not only is that key to the front door just giving them access to come in, it means they can come in and enjoy and experience all that the home offers. It means once that they get in that front door, they can open the fridge door and they can eat whatever they like. And they do. I get a phone call most afternoons driving home. Can you stop at Woolies? Joey has eaten all our food in the fridge again. They feel quite within their rights to do that. They feel quite within their rights to stand under the shower and get refreshed and drain all of the water from North Stradbroke Island. They feel very confident to do that. They feel confident to actually get into a bed and to rest until Jesus comes again, apparently. (laughs) Very confident. They they feel the right to plug in every device under the sun into the power that I pay for to recharge and empower everything that they have. They don't need to be asked twice. Maybe you've got some kids that are similar. They feel very, very confident to walk in that door and to enjoy everything that your home has to offer. Why do they feel so confident? Because they've been handed access from the father and the mother and said, you're welcome in this place. Your position in this family is secure and we wanna bless you. It'd be pretty crazy to think that I'm a better dad and you're a better dad or a better mum than our Father in heaven. But we live like that. So some of us here today have actually heard this message that Jesus is a door, He's given us a key. He's not a wall. That's the metaphor, you know, He would have used if He wanted to keep people out. He would have said, I'm a wall, I'm a barrier to stop people getting in. But He says, no, I'm a door, I'm a gate, I'm a way. I want people to come in. I actually want people to come in to my Father's house. 
And some of you are standing outside the door and you know there's a key and you haven't gone in and you're outside in the cold and you're lonely and you're hungry and and nothing that you do in this world is satisfying that spiritual hunger within you. Can I encourage you? I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you've done in the past. Jesus is a door. He's given you a key. There's a way in. Come in and enjoy. (laughs) Secondly, many of you, You've, you've accepted Jesus as a door, you've walked in, but it would be just as crazy to think, I'm just gonna stand around in the foyer and, and wait to be asked again to enjoy what's in here. That would be crazy. Jesus has already invited you. He says, I'm the bread of life. Come to me, anyone come to me. Eat, be satisfied. He says, I'm living water. Anyone, can everyone here right now say anyone? Say it again, anyone. Anyone who comes to me and drinks, I'll refresh their soul. It'll be like living water flowing from within them. It says, if you're tired or weary, come to me. I'll give you rest. I want you to rest. I want you to enjoy me. I wanna pour out my spirit. The the verse that's just been sitting in my heart all year in this Expect More series is when Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. And he says, how much more will your Father in heaven give his Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God loves to fill you afresh with his spirit. You don't need to be invited twice. He's made the invitation for all eternity. Some of you this morning have just got to recognise that I've got a secure position of authority in God's family and I can come to Him and and as a dad, He wants to bless me. You know, I've had this picture for the church, not just our church, the church in Australia in general. It comes back to me from time to time and, and it's this picture of His lavish feast being set for us as children by the Father. And on on this table is prawns like you cannot believe. Big ones with big red spots that have been caught, you know, fresh in Queensland, not imported ones from Vietnam, but big fresh ones and big juicy steaks and and, and the best of wine and drink that you can enjoy. There's this incredible feast set up and God the Father is saying, come and enjoy. This is for you. This is for you, even in the presence of your enemies, I set a table before you. And I get this picture of people just sitting in the corner, snacking on Doritos and Diet Coke, thinking that's all they deserve. That, that, that essentially is my diet when I'm on a diet. I drink Diet Coke so I can eat more Doritos. But it's, it's not very sustaining. God says, I don't want you to go on some spiritual starvation diet. I want you to come feast because that's what I'm like. I want you to enjoy. Some of us this morning, we're getting pushed around by the devil and you actually got to stand firm in your security, in the position that you have of authority in the family of God. You are a child of the Most High God because of what Jesus has done for you. Nothing can change that. Secondly, 
It's a position of authority and secondly, a relationship of intimacy. It goes on to say, because you're His sons and daughters, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out Abba Father. So you're no longer a slave, but you're God's child. And since you're His child, God has made you also an heir. You see, when you receive Jesus, you receive the right to a position of authority in the family, but you also receive the right to a relationship of intimacy with the Father. Now, God sent His Son so that you know, we could be redeemed. It was all His gracious action. And again, it says God sent His Spirit to give us the experience of being a child into our hearts. It was all His gracious action. You haven't got to get to a certain level. You haven't got to jump through some certain hoops. He's, he's a good dad. He wants to give His Holy Spirit to you. He wants to bless you. You know, by the grace of God, we've been invited into a relationship of intimacy with God. It says the Spirit within us directs us to actually talk to God like a loving father. The word Abba, Abba Father, it was an Aramaic word that, uh, that, that only got used in this culture inside the home. It was a word that a child would, would use talking to their father just inside the home because communication in a family, it's more intimate, it's more personal than, than in other places. And the Spirit of God within us is saying, hey, we can have that same kind of intimate communication with God the Father. We, the closest we've got in English is saying, we can call God Daddy. It's not a perfect translation, but it's the closest that we've got. You see, kids speak to their parents differently to the way they speak to others. Let me give you an example. We've got a tradition in our family that when uh, each of our kids finishes year 12, they get to choose an adventure we go on. Joey, who's finishing year 12 in a couple of weeks, really wanted to go snowboarding. You can't go snowboarding in December. So uh, we went a term early. He assured me he'd done all of his assignments. I'm not sure that's true. But we uh, last holidays, we uh, went to the snow. And uh, on, on one day, uh, one of our, our second daughter, Caitlin, was sick. And she was feeling really unwell, uh, but we all wanted to go to the snow. And uh, she's 21, so we left her at home. And uh, we, the rest of us, the other five of us, went to the snow. Susan hasn't skied very much. And so for the morning, I was a good husband and uh, I stayed on the easy slopes with her. But it got really boring. And uh, so the kids bailed a whole lot earlier. And uh, just before lunchtime, I decided Susan will be right on her own. Uh, I'll go and ski with the other kids. And it was at that point, as Susan sitting on the chairlift going up, the chairlift sitting with a bunch of strangers, she suddenly thought, oh man, I haven't thought about Caitlin, who's back at home feeling really sick. Well, better check up on her. And so she gets her phone out of her pocket which is actually quite difficult when you're skiing, you've got gloves everywhere. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you before. I'm not sure that I have, but Susan's older than me. And have I, have I told you that before? Anyway, she's older than me and she needs glasses because her eyes are wearing out where mine are still fine. But, uh, 
Anyway, she couldn't wear her glasses and her ski goggles at the same time. And so she had to leave her glasses behind. So she goes all the effort pulling the phone out of her ski jacket. And then she realises Caitlin has sent her a text message, but she can't jolly well read it. She hasn't got her glasses on. So she's sitting on the chairlift. And some of you have done this. You're doing these ones, you know, trying to squint your eyes so that you can read the text message. All she can see is it's Caitlin's name up the top. Eventually, after realising she can't read it, she says to the stranger next to her on the chairlift, is a text from my daughter. She's sick. I'm a bit worried about her. Can you read this text message for me? And passes the phone to the lady next to her who reads out this text message. This is Susan's response. (laughs) The point is, there was a lot of laughter on that chairlift. It's not the sort of communication you normally share with a stranger. We talk differently in our families. Now, your family might not talk about their toileting habits but I guarantee you speak in a way in your family that's different to the way you speak at home. Uh, Sorry, at work. It's different to the way you speak to strangers on a chairlift. There's a way that you communicate in a family that's intimate, that's personal, because you're in the family. This is what Paul is trying to drum into the church of Galatia and the church of today, that the Holy Spirit is within us and brings us to a place of incredible intimacy. It's like being inside the home of Father God and we can call Him Daddy. And He talks to us in a way that's incredibly intimate. When you receive Jesus, you receive the right to a relationship of intimacy with the Father. Paul finishes by saying, People, you gotta get this. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave to the law. You're no longer you know, a slave. You've no longer got that guardian, got that instructor just telling you what to do, looking over your shoulder, reminding you of the rules and regulations, you know, restricting your freedom. You're no longer a slave to the law. You're a child of God. Don't go back to being a student, that would be dumb. Don't go back, don't go back to being restricted in where you can go and what you can do. Jesus has changed all that. It's not that as children of God, we just do whatever we want, whenever we please. But the promise was, This new covenant, this new relationship is not one that's written on tablets of stone, but it's one of intimate communion where the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. The very Spirit of God lives within us and He writes on our hearts, our deepest place, the very centre of our being. You are no longer a slave Because of what Jesus has done, you're a child of the Most High God. Secure in your position of authority and forever 
in a relationship of intimacy. You know, when you reach a certain age, you receive certain rights to enjoy. And Paul's making it really clear for the church then and the church today, that age has come. It's, come, it's, it's happened. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy being a son and a daughter of God. I believe our response today is simply to receive. I hope some of you here are just hungry to receive something from God, just, just to be blessed by God. Some of you here to say, hey, I, I am tired and weary. I just, I just need to know the rest of God. Some of you are saying, oh, there's just a hunger within me for more of God. God, I just wanna know you more. I wanna, wanna come into a place of greater intimacy with you. God wants to bless you. He actually wants that more than you do. And some of you here who haven't yet walked through that door and come into that relationship with God and it's time to receive that offer of redemption. I'd love to pray a prayer with you, just inviting Jesus, receiving Jesus to be your Lord and your Saviour. Forgive your sins and to be in relationship with God forevermore. Just while every eye is closed and head's bowed, if that's you this morning, you'd like to pray that prayer with me. You'd like to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. You wanna receive His offer of, of salvation, redemption. If you'd like to pray that prayer with me this morning, can I just get you to raise your hand just for a moment? Just say, that's me. I'm praying that prayer today. Just, just stick it up just for a second, just so I can see it and I know who I'm praying with this morning. Who here today is say, that's, that's my prayer. Come on, I know there's some of you, it's just, just your day to receive what God has for you. Bless you, that's awesome. Who else this morning? You say, that's my prayer today. I wanna receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour. That's cool. Hey, just pray with me if that's you this morning. Father God, thank You that You love me for all eternity. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against You. I ask today that You would forgive my sins. Thank You for dying on a cross. Thank You for wiping my slate clean. I choose to follow You from this day forward. I pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Hey, can we just put our hands together for those who uh, prayed that prayer this morning? We'd love to connect with you and just give you a Bible to help you get started uh, in that relationship with God today. I'm gonna ask all of us to stand and our prayer team and our pastoral team to come out the front. As I said this morning, I just believe God wants to bless some people. I, I hope there's some people here who are just saying, oh God, I want more of your Holy Spirit in my life. God, I wanna know you satisfying that hunger Maybe today you're saying, I am a little tired and weary and you just wanna know the rest and the grace of God. I hope you're here this morning You say, I wanna receive. Just come, whatever it is, just, you might just need to say a word or a phrase to those that are praying for you down the front. Just receive from God this morning because He wants to bless you. Come on, just come, just start to come now. Start to come now and just say, I just, I just wanna receive. I wanna, I wanna know the fullness of God's Spirit in my heart. Just start to come if that's you. Come on, there's more of you that need to come.
We're gonna sing a song which sort of just uh, repeats the words of, of Paul here. It says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Some of you just need to declare that out loud. Some of you need to come and receive something from God today. Just come find someone to pray with you. Let God bless you this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ or would like us to pray for you, please go to gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know.